Welcome to the Supported Living Property Podcast with your host, me, Lisa Brown, the place to learn about supported living property investing. In this episode, Guy Harris discusses the challenges wheelchair users have finding accessible property in the private rental sector. He describes some simple adaptations we can all consider and explains the benefits to landlords of having accessible property in their portfolio. Hi, Guy. It's great to have you here today. Thank you for joining us. How are you? Yeah, real pleasure. Thank you very much, Lisa. Uh, I'm well. Good, good, good. Do you want to introduce yourself and tell people a bit about you? Thank you. So I'm Guy Harris. I run Accessible PRS, which is a property consultancy specialising in accessible strategy and design. So what that means really in in practice, I work with landlords, developers, um, investors to one, try and increase the supply of wheelchair accessible homes in the UK. Two is to make it easier for wheelchair users to find somewhere suitable to rent privately. And the third is really around education and changing mindsets. So um, uh, to make accessibility is very much seen as a niche and I I don't see it in those terms. I think uh, it crosses all our kind of housing silos. And and so it's about bringing the relevance and the benefits to mind so that it's commercially viable for um, people in property. Fantastic. And it's such a wide ranging and such an important service, isn't it? As you say, people think it's something that they need to specialise in or should be very niche. And, and it isn't. It should be something that we all think about as property investors, isn't it? It's something that's... Yeah, do you know what? I'm realising the more I'm the more I'm doing, the more I realise what a complex uh, topic it is, um, because it isn't just about funding gaps or it isn't just about properties. Uh, there are some there are some there's such a huge diverse range of underlying emotions and beliefs surrounding disability um, and that really informs or affects um, conversations and, and, and actions but, but without people's awareness that it, that's what's happening so um, it's an interesting subject certainly. <laughs> it definitely is this isn't what you've always done though Guy is it you've got quite a diverse background haven't you? No yeah I, I kind of was helpful when I someone gave me the um, term uh, portfolio career I, I started to relax then <laughs> so no I, I've been involved in property and I've I've been uh, an estate agent with sales in central London you know back in the 2000s um, various refurbishment and development uh, roles and, and investment roles both in the UK and in Leipzig in uh, Germany um, but I've also set up one or two e-commerce websites and yeah many different things which have been really useful and I'm pulling them all together in this business now absolutely yeah you bring it all to this role I guess yeah yeah it's been helpful so do you want to set the city why you know what is accessible property I guess is is the first thing isn't it that people are you know if they're not familiar with that term what do you mean by that when you're talking about okay great question I think it's worth just uh also saying you can't sit in a zoom screen but I'm a wheelchair user so um in 2003 I had a uh, an accident where I was hit by a lorry crossing a road. Um, my fault, but both ways. And um, uh, so I'm now paraplegic, so I'm a full-time wheelchair user. And and for me, accessibility has been a really interesting area to explore. So by accessible, we're looking at um, properties which which are suitable for wheelchair users. And it's it's fascinating. So I've lived in all sorts of different properties, and and. You know, before this house, which works for me and my family, we lived in a place which kind of worked uh, before we had kids. And then, um, you know, there were lots of things I couldn't do, like I couldn't bath my own children or I couldn't, you know, which, which was frustrating. 
So really with accessibility, we're, we're looking at creating environments which are inclusive. And that's not about a niche. It's not about only using those people. It's about um, spaces which, which actually open up a target audience, which um, with an aging demographic, I think is becoming more and more important. Yeah, absolutely. And it's something that um, we need to all think about. I often say, I often say people don't realise how inaccessible properties in the UK particularly are until they're pushing a buggy around or if they're pushing a wheelchair around. They never occur to you. And a lot of landlords will say to me, oh, it's a level access property. Oh, it's only got three steps up to the front door. <laughs> Completely. But, you know, it's, it's more interesting it, um, with this, what you're saying about this connections and, and making the links. I can be having a conversation with someone in property and on the one hand, they can tell me all about the problems with their parents, with a kind of a child who's had, I don't know, a broken leg or hidden disability, whatever it is. And on the other hand, they actually haven't made the link to their professional work and the conversations they're having with people every day. And it's, it's kind of, it's quite satisfying. You can see that eureka moment where they suddenly get the significance and ubiquity of the need for accessibility. And I think as landlords, we often don't think any, as private in the private sector that there are wheelchair users who need properties. I think because they're, for many of the wrong reasons, but it's quite a hidden population, isn't it, in some ways. So I think as, a, as landlords, you don't realise that actually people in the private rental sector are looking for homes to rent privately. It's not all social housing. It's, you know, there's lots of people who need them, aren't there? Yeah, massively. I think a useful stat and some very credible research um, so Habentagen, London School of Economics, did some research and they, they discovered there's about 1.8 million people living with unmet accessibility needs, housing needs in the UK, um, which includes 400,000 wheelchair users. Um, you know, this, these, are, these are huge numbers, especially when you look at the actual impacts they have, not just on the individuals, but on their families, on their friends, the fact on the treasury, uh, the fact that they're, you know, many might not be able to work um, I think one of the one of the my roles is is connecting up these dots and making it relevant for people. So, on the one hand, we can see um, that we can see the need, or we can see the numbers, but it's not relevant to our business. Um, and so, uh, that, that the, the the thing about the income demographics of the the, the, the stats boiled down um, without going to all of them. There were about 580,000 people there with uh, incomes in the top half of income demographics. So the, the perception that it's, you know, it's only social tenants uh, who have disabilities um, is, has been recorded to be kind of erroneous, like in, in many bits of research. And so there is such a need for landlords to think about accessibility when they're developing properties when they're converting properties what are some of the things that people need to think about at those points guy what sort of things yeah well i know you know uh, this too but i think we just miss opportunities and and that's that's my kind of real i guess that's my biggest frustration you know when you're refurbishing a property not all properties are going to work and if it doesn't then then you know absolutely fine but there are so many properties where if you're stripping it right back and you're doing new door frames, you know, new partition walls, then actually for a bit of awareness and, and knowledge uh, before, you know, in the design stage, um, there, are, there are so many ways to make a property, if not fully accessible, 
then much more accessible. And you know that 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 may be the difference somewhere down the property's life to you know big difference to someone's life. So I so, so I, to answer your question, I'm not good at answering questions, am I? No, no, it's great. <laughs> to answer your question, ask, have a conversation, see what you can do, and um, you know there are lots of people who. Would be happy to help. Um, you know, I, 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 you know, give me a call, give you a call. Uh, local authorities, um, access and you know, audit advisors. You know, even if it's just something as simple as a plan review, an, an hour, an hour's fee might get you uh, loads of hints and advice, which are just very easy to implement. So simple things like wider doorways than than would be standard. You know, it's like you said, it's a fairly straightforward thing to do if you are stripping right back, isn't it? Or putting in new doorways. Yeah, definitely. Look at ways to make step-free uh, access, you know, inside. And it's not just at the front door, it's it's the back door to, to the garden. Um, also, when we're, people are designing, we, for some reason, we love narrow, long corridors and they don't add anything to a property. You know, if, if you can have a nice... Um, spacious hallway like in terms of the property's value people come in and they go wow this is this is really nice and and you know you've only got to have two people who want that property because it feels nice you know house sales and house lets they're done on on a 10 minute impression mm. um but that makes access through doorways you know you can go on to a doorway straight uh, that's you know a, a great thing to do and i think the other thing is looking at bathrooms bathrooms are a real deal breaker and they don't have to be they don't have to be perfect or accessible in terms of the regulations, but there's a lot you can do in terms of just laying out the, the kind of the, the shower or the bath and the, and the loo and the basin uh, to make it work. So even if it's only workable as a visitable property, like I have four brothers and sisters, I can't use any of the loos in their homes. And it's it kind of, it, it creates challenges just on going to see them. Mm. Um, it was really restricting for quality of life, isn't it? Not being able to visit. Yeah, and also inclusion. I think that thing of understanding, the bringing the human element. You know, for me, it's, it's slightly frustrating, but I can maybe find a hotel or a bar or a restaurant or a business down the road. And they'll all say, yeah, of course you can, you know, use our loo if they've got it. But it's also growing up, like my kids are questioning. It's like, hey, wow, how come you're excluded from everything? You know, how come we can't do X, Y, or Z with, with, our, with, our, with our dad? doesn't seem doesn't seem fair you know we're missing out and and i it comes back to that thing of relevance when we actually look at the people in our lives the um who have kind of mobility issues because they're aging or or degenerative illness where, where you know condition where their their situation their, their physical state is getting worse you know these we all know these people and we wouldn't want them to be excluded and yet when we don't think about it in property we do exclude them. And not only that, when we come to need uh, greater accessibility in our lives, like you'll discover it then, like it's yeah. hard work and it's frustrating and it's expensive. Um, whereas actually there are options just with a bit of forethought to stay in your own home, you know, forever or for longer, to stay close to your support network, to be surrounded by the things you love. So it really does affect us all, but we haven't we don't want to think about it for some reason. No, we're not very good about thinking about things like that as a society. We're very English, aren't we? And tend to not think, well, you know, what yeah. happened to me. Um, <laughs> but it is inevitable, isn't it? We're all getting older regardless, you know, and so 
you know accessibility does limit generally um, mm-hmm. with lifetime stuff as well so bathrooms is there anything particular you think that people should be thinking about with bathrooms obviously layout is that the space simply between the different things within the bathroom yeah and also thinking about uh you know it's one thing you know creating a, a decent turning circle um you know if you've if and all these uh, they're, they're in the planning regs, you know, if, if you're getting any designer in or any architect, like they should be able to advise you on this stuff because, you know, it depends on the shape of your bathroom and where your doors or windows or how you want to lay out things. So, so I don't want to be too prescriptive here, but, um, you know, also it's just, it's the thought of that door, you know, it can look like you've got a load of space unless you open a door and actually once you've got in, because it's, it's inward opening, uh, once you get in, is there room to kind of turn and close the door behind you? You know, um, is a pocket door better? Is a door, is an outward opening door better? You know, people are worried about opening into someone. They're, they're just, they're questions to ask. There is no single answer, but there are loads of solutions. Um, and, you know, I, I guess the holy grail for me is a wet room. Mm. But, but, but I'm also aware that's, that's me, that's a lot of people, but it isn't everyone. So if you know who's coming into your property, for example, um, speak to them, you know, with, with, with renters, and then, and then uh, uh, that kind of opens it up to, be, to, to work. And I can hear landlords already thinking this sounds expensive. This sounds like it's going to be more expensive than my really cheap bathroom that I can put in. And I know how much a standard bathroom costs me to put into my flat or my HMO or whatever I do normally on my refurbs. But I think one of the things people need to think about is because there is such a lack of accessible accommodation, if you've got a property that's accessible, the chances of your tenants staying are probably longer, aren't they? You know, Definitely. definitely. And, I, and I also get that not every landlord wants that but you know most of the people I speak with you know when they hear the idea of having someone who'll go in and stay in and pay the rent month after month and they don't have any more agency fees they don't have any um, refresher costs they don't have it you know just it, it you can see them kind of computing not just the ease but the increased yield and the lack of hassle um, you know if you put together a a wheelchair user who's got kids at school in the area, who's got access to work and a support network, they're going to want to stay. Mm. It's going to take something significant for, for them, for the user, wheelchair user to leave. Yeah, absolutely. And, so- and, and they value that they value your property. You know, it's not kind of, oh, you know, I'm not going to worry about that leak because it's someone else's problem. Like they want the house to work. They want it to stay. They, they get the value of a landlord who understands, uh, their needs and so very often the relationship the landlord tenant relationship is really good Mm, absolutely i think the other thing is i'm thinking about sort of hmos and student accommodation the need for accessible student accommodation is huge isn't it you know everywhere i mean literally short lets holiday lets student accommodation specialist accommodation i i you know where to start you know for me and and my work I'm almost it's kind of like a magpie seeing shiny things everywhere I could you know go off but I'm I'm really just trying to focus you know create a a change a model that works and and then start opening up but certainly I talk with other people who are in the same space but doing slightly certain you know other ideas um and I, I'm always happy to introduce them to, to others just to get everything moving. Yeah, it, it's very much needed, isn't it? So bathrooms, 
entrances front entrances and rear entrances making sure i've got access to the gardens thought about as well in is there any other little well they're not little but any other sort of things that people need to be really conscious of when they're when they're developing properties i guess if you're if you're refurbing and you're doing things from the start i would say there are loads of there are loads of little things things like switches and sockets you know we have this obsession that the sockets have got to be virtually on the floor just above the skirting that switches have got to be at whatever height and and it's we find it really hard to to deviate from that but what's interesting is when you change the heights and you put them in put things in slightly different places everyone gets used to it really quickly and then it starts to go oh this is really logical so sockets just you know bring them up um switches things like the bathroom a fan isolation switch it's always above the door it's really frustrating for those of us who can't reach it and uh when it, it sits in a line and you've just got a switch that you can switch off it works it doesn't look odd so so they're one thing um gosh what else things kitchens. like i was going to say what about are there any because obviously you get the fully accessible kitchens don't you with you know the rising and lowering work surfaces and things like that is there anything particular in kitchens because uh kitchens yeah kitchens are it's an interesting one i think there's no fixed answer on it i think you need to know that you're you need to know that you've got your wheelchair users before installing a, a fully accessible kitchen. So I totally get that. And that's one of the reasons we, we work tenant first. So you know who your tenant is before your property. Mm. Um, uh, slightly deviating from the kitchen question. Uh, well, no, stick with that. I, I think the, the galley kitchens are a bit of a nightmare. Um, mm. You know, have think about having space. So open plan are quite good or, or um, space to move around to turn from the units. Um, and obviously don't put all the important things in the corner because corners are quite difficult from a wheelchair's perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's some really good guidance around kitchen. There's a guy called Adam Thomas who's been doing this for over 40 years and he's kind of the authority. Um, uh, on other little things, I would say maintaining that 300 mil nib to the uh, side of a, uh, a sort of a door that's opening. And not only does that give you, in kind of non-stable terms, a nice open feel, but just approaching a, a door as a wheelchair user um, with that space makes all the difference rather than having a kind of tiny space to kind of squeeze through and try and close up behind you. Yes. So there's lots and lots of considerations, aren't there? That loads, loads, yeah. Think about it. It's just trying to think a little bit, not outside the box, laterally a little bit, I guess, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think, um, like for me, one of, you know, when we're thinking about whether people should do it, whether they shouldn't. I think it's about making it uh, attainable or, you know, easy for people. Like, number one, don't don't be scared. Ask the questions. Don't be scared to make mistakes. Um, you know, it. For, for me, I think when people come in with different worries or concerns, like the most important thing is they say, yeah, it's a nice idea, but actually I'm really worried about X, Y, and Z. And it's like, great, let's talk about that. Let, let's let's remove those fears that, you know, they're, they're valid, they're important and they need to be, they need to be heard and they need to be answered. Yeah, not being scared of asking questions. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. just being honest and open about those conversations is, is really key, isn't it? Yeah. Thank you guys, it's been really, really helpful. Is there any other tips or advice you've got for property investors? Anything else you think they need to think about? Yeah, consider it. Uh, there's so many there's so many benefits there are a lot of reasons to do it and I and I think that with an aging population the straightforward supply and demand if you're thinking about a portfolio that's you know long-term portfolio then actually being in a position where you own the asset that's uh, 
in short supply is going to put you in a really favorable position. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. It's been great talking to you. Great. Thank you, Lisa. Thanks. Bye. Bye.